than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we break down the NFL playoffs to this point. We break down the championship weekend. We have on the show with us today a boxing, a Tulsa boxing legend in the making, Jeremiah Dreamland Milton, joining joining the show once again. NBA is all the way underway. It's full speed, Kyler. There's so many games every night. There are tons of things going on of the sports world and we break it all down today we are excited to announce that this episode is brought to you by bigfoot axe throwing the premier axe throwing location in the middle of paradise in hochatown oklahoma use promo code byb 2021 for 15 percent off your entire group remember to stay plugged into our social media on instagram twitter and facebook at burst your bubble we are available everywhere you can get your podcast even on your alexa devices remember to rate review share with your friends your family your dogs your cats your neighbors uh, it's snowing right here in Oklahoma, so whenever you're trapped in the snow, just try to get a couple episodes of Burst Your Bubble in. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. EYB is back, and Josh, so are you down bad last episode. Probable coming into this pod, but felt good enough in the locker room. Here you are, pal. Couldn't be happier. Um, a lot going on in the sports world. As we speak, and a lot has happened since the last time we have spoken, but before we dive into all that, I have a couple quick headlines that came out in the past couple of days that I know you would like to talk about. The Washington Commanders. What a name. I think the Washington Commandeers would be better than the Washington Commanders. I actually love the Commandeers. That would have been a great name for Washington. Add an E. <laughs> Although I do think that they did better than by choosing the Red Hogs. Because you, could you imagine if they would have said, all right, guys, if we decided on a name that's we're going to go the direction of a franchise, the Washington Red Hogs. Well, they would have gained an entire fan, fan base in Arkansas. But I think Red Hawks was the obvious choice here. Red, Hawk, Red Wings. Red Wings was the obvious choice here. With the military back back ties and all that, it was. Ooh. I think that was a perfect name. I I don't know. I uh, I mean, commanders, you know, is a good tie too with all the military stuff. I mean, there's a uh, you got the commander in chief there in Washington. You got, uh, I mean, there's a lot of rich history and tradition with the name commander. You're a politics guy. Why is Washington D.C. the highest population of homeless people in America? Because uh, they won't do anything to change their policies, but. Uh, um, they just so the problem with Washington D.C. is it's not really its own like I, I don't know the the rules are weird on it because of like how they did the landmass for the government that runs it because there's pretty much the only town part of Washington D.C. is like where all the buildings are and the downtown area and they just don't get they don't include the suburbs so like where some of these other towns like L.A. is bigger and mm. expansive the actual city limits that is considered a town of Washington, D.C. is a lot more concentrated on the downtown area with the National Mall and all that. A ton of um, unhoused there in Washington, D.C. That's the one takeaway I had when I went. Great city. A lot of you like history. Go to Washington, D.C. You'll have a great time. If you like museums and tours. Amazing. A lot of homeless. 
I love Washington, D.C. There is a ton of history, a ton of things. It's, it's also just – it just reminds you from all the memorials, from all the things, it reminds you that no matter what your walk of life is, no matter, you know, how good you are at sports, no matter all this – you have the opportunity to make an impact on the world. And I think that that is overlooked whenever we talk about our, our nation's history. So there's always an opportunity to make a difference, make an impact in the world. You just got to be willing to uh, stand up and, and make it happen. Beautifully said, Josh. And uh, speaking of making an impact, Lincoln Riley has made quite the impact in Southern California since he has made the transition <laughs> from OU's head coach to USC's head coach. He's pretty much brought his entire team from last year to OU, now including uh, Caleb Williams, five-star quarterback, of course, and um, his favorite wide receiver from last year. I think both of his two favorite wide receivers from last year, um, a couple of coaches, a couple of defensive backs. Uh, Caleb Williams to USC, Josh. I mean, we called this, I mean, probably a month ago, we put that video out on Twitter and I just asked you if Caleb Williams knew that all this was going to happen before her. And I mean, it, it was pretty much already noted that he was going to go. I heard Al Ashbeck say last week that he had enrolled in classes last Wednesday. So this it had been known for a little bit that this was going to happen. It was just him and his parents trying to do the PR move of not actually committing and, and, saying it before it actually or before they wanted to um and i think that it's just kind of a theme of you can't keep anything quiet in this day and age i mean if you want if you want to be the one to break the news about something you better not tell a soul that's the thing and josh even if you don't tell a soul you'll have people usc students going on their online directory and finding a guy named caleb williams in their email list and reporting it three days before yep yeah, I mean, it, it's you, you're not going to be able to hide anything now. But Lincoln Riley did take his whole team. Uh, he's got a very good chance to go over there and win the Pac-12 uh, and just make the college football playoffs. And that was his goal along. So we'll see. you got to see how good that defense is going to be and uh, hope that Caleb Williams takes another step forward. Yeah, they're going to score 1,000 points a game. That's going to be that's going to be crazy. <laughs> I listen to OU fans all the time, and they're like, I've never rooted for someone to lose – as much as I'm rooting for USC this year to lose. Oh, it's it's going to be much like Kevin Durant going to Golden State, I, I fear. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, instead of – the difference, instead of trying to get the town uh, of Durant's name changed to Westbrook, they tried giving Lincoln Rally that tiny piece of highway out in the desolate part of Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yeah. No not love a, lost. Not a good look there. Uh, Josh, Any oh, we got to talk about the Brian Flores situation. Um, A lot of – I mean, just a crazy, crazy bombshell of a story to come out. Uh, he's suing the NFL, suing the Dolphins, suing the Broncos. I mean, I really don't want to get into the racist hiring policies and all that. You know, that's for judges and and, and lawyers to dispute later on. Josh, if, if Stephen Ross has proven to be given $100,000 for each loss that Brian Flores had, should he sell his team? Should he be forced to sell this team? It's not a good look. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you definitely do not want that to be the culture of your team and the things that you're doing. But on the other side of this, we talk all the time and we know that these teams are tanking. The only, the only issue is you can't get caught actually tanking. And so when you do, yeah, there has to be some repercussions. It's not that it's not known and it's not that people aren't expecting it, which Brian Flores did a great job of not tanking because he beat all the teams he was supposed to beat. You know, I, I went back and I've looked through the schedule now and 
we talked about how Brian Flores, you know, was an incredible coach because he took this team to a winning record. Well, I mean, he beat a depleted Ravens team. He beat the Jets. He lost to the Jags. He beat the Texans. I mean, the teams he he didn't beat any of these fantastic teams or that were in a great shape, but he beat the teams that he was supposed to beat. And that's a good thing. That just shows that he was not trying to tank. I just don't think that this team was as good as what everyone – I don't think it was as good as the 9-8 and eight record showed it to be. And that was the case. I, I listened um, – this was from Levitard show, uh, Chris Whittington. This was when the Dolphins were, I think, 2-7, and 2-6. and six, And he said, no, they're going to be a 500 football team by Christmas. Look at their schedule. Yeah. Again, it's exactly what you're saying. Um, another part that came out about that was – the meeting that Flores had now, when it was first reported, you know, he got to that yacht with the owner. Um, it was first reported that it might have been Deshaun Watson that the quarterback was the quarterback there that the owner was trying to court to Brian Flores. Turns out it was Mr. Tom Brady. And in that uh, in that clip where, you know, Tom Brady's in that barbershop scene and he's like, you're going to pick that motherfucker over me. He's talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh, blasphemy. That is Ryan Fitzmagic over Tom Brady. What a world we live in. I actually have not read this report that you're talking about. So this is all news to me. <laughs> and that makes that clip so much funnier. Uh, anything else on the NFL before we get into uh, well, the, games? the So just the other thing about the Brian Flores, uh, I think it's – I mean, I'm going to use the word hilarious. It's probably not the right word that Bill Belichick's texts are the ones that are <laughs> – being front and center of this entire investigation because you know wholeheartedly that poor man had no idea that he texted the wrong person. He no. had no clue. He didn't. So this is the thing. He did not text the wrong person. For my, This is my understanding of it. He read the text message that said, <laughs> Brian Dayball, Brian is going to be named the next head coach. And then he goes and texts Brian Flores. And then he goes back and rereads the text message, and it says Brian Dayball. And then he's like, oh, shit, I texted Brian Flores. He said in the message to Flores, he said, hey, man, I effed that up bad. I'm sorry. They, I think they're going with the ball. Like, he had no clue that poor – what's above a boomer? I just – Gen Z, Gen, I don't know what they're called, but, man, I just felt so bad for him. I was like, he didn't know. This man was using a flip phone. It was probably right when he switched to an iPhone 11. Yeah, I was shocked because of his amount of, like, exclamation and question mark use. I mean, <laughs> definitely didn't look like Bill Belichick, but then at the end, signs at BB. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. He's like, thanks, yeah. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's definitely an emoji guy, too. Like he's he's oh, the kind 100%. of guy that spells out a word and emoji pops up and he'll click the emoji instead of using the actual word. Great point, Josh. And that that could lead to why this mistake happened because when uh, Brian Flores was uh, canned from Miami, he probably deleted the dolphin emoji. Oh, can you delete emojis? Well, I mean, in a contact name. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that's for sure what happened. Yeah, he didn't have a, he didn't have a a team logo beside him. Yeah, that's that's it. So who do you think uses more emojis, Bill Belichick or Steve Belichick? I don't know if Steve Belichick has a phone, man. <laughs> he, I think he's still using the flip phone. I think he yells at people. Where, where I think Bill, Bill switched to the iPhone like six or seven probably. He's definitely not a 12 guy, not an X or 13. He's got like the six or the seven, and Steve's probably got Ooh. the flip phone, Nokia. No, he's got one of those like construction phones that also works as like a walkie-talkie. 
<laughs> one of those indestructible phones that you can buy like for a lot of money that you can just never break because you know he slams that phone in practice m- minimum 10 times oh just to think steve belichick may be the heir to the throne he probably is josh mcdaniels just took the job over at the raiders so it would make sense we can talk about that we can get into the coaching carousel uh but yeah josh mcdaniels taking that job so that was like the the guy who everyone expected to take it since he didn't take the job over in Indianapolis and now he's gone. So it would make a lot of sense for Steve to take over. And uh, let's stick with the Patriots here. Tom Brady retiring officially. Uh, I mean, not much of a surprise. I think he was kind of forced into doing this a little early from Schefter and Darlington. Um, I don't think he quite wanted to do that yet. I think he wanted to announce it on his own terms, probably a, a very nicely produced video of probably if I had to guess it was going to be on the last episode of the man in the arena, which Josh, I've watched all nine episodes. And if you haven't, I implore you to, they're really good. Um, sure. They're a little biased, but I mean, it's, it's him directing and But why wouldn't they be uh, I, great watch? Great watch. Episode well, 10 is this Friday. I thought they were going to announce it then. So I had a friend who had a really good point. Him and I were talking about this and he thought, that Brady would announce the day before or the morning of the Super Bowl to Mm. take away from all the importance of that because that's what he did whenever he announced that he was going to be leaving uh, uh, Mm -hmm. New England. But what I thought was funny about your segue here, Kyler, is you said let's stay on New England because the normal person would give credit to the team that they played for for 22 years whenever they go to retire and win multiple Super Bowls and and turn into the greatest football player to ever live. But instead, in this retirement post, he thinks the Bucs, Alex Guerrero, Michigan, a couple of Cowboys in Tampa Bay. Orlando. uh, I mean, he's niece's cousin's brother. Got to thank you somewhere in there. But Notably, the entire fan base and organization of the New England of the New England area and the New England Patriots were nowhere to be seen in the retirement post. I mean, the Glazers. I think everybody. I think the Washington Commanders, and I did not see one for the New England Patriots. It's it was pretty pretty funny, um, and in real time, I noticed it's like, well, the next slot has to be for the Patriots. And it's just there never was one. And, of course, you know, the people coming out saying that, you know, this is his retirement from Tampa Bay and this, you know, he already did said his goodbye to New England. Other reports have come out and said that he's going to retire his jersey in New England today, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, so that would be, this would be just so funny if it was just that. Uh, who is that Celtics player who never got his thank you video? Was that Isaiah Thomas? It was Isaiah Thomas. That's going to be hilarious if this just becomes that. Yeah, I, I just when as soon as I had the same reaction as you as okay, this line's got to be about the Patriots. It never happened. And to all the people that say like, oh, he's just retiring from Tampa. No, this man is retiring from football. He is stepping down from football. He is. He didn't think Alex Guerrero in Michigan and these people in his retirement from from New England that did not happen. So let's not act like this is just the normal, oh, this is just another Tom Brady retirement thing. No, this is the greatest football player that we will ever see play in his career step down and retire from the NFL and not mention the team he played for for 22 years. That's a big deal. Yep, and I think I heard this on the McAfee show too, uh, but if, if, you know, of course he is going to retire if potentially Adrian Peterson were to hang them, hang them up after this season, Gronk were to hang them up after this season. Aaron Rodgers potentially hang them up after this season. 
Wentworth, if he retires after the Super Bowl, Big Ben, Josh, this could be the most loaded Super Bowl, or um, I'm sorry, Hall of Fame class of all time. Oh, yeah. When all these guys, if they do end up going about the same time, this is going to be a stacked class. Here's, a, here's an idea, Kyler. There should be a Pro Bowl for these old guys who are like the first two years into the Hall of Fame. That's, that should be the actual Hall of Fame game. The Hall of Fame game, yeah. Except, I mean, some of them are just kind of beat up. Like Andrew Luck are probably never playing it. But well, he's got to be fine by now. Yeah, but he doesn't want to risk that. I mean, I think you could do like a uh, like two a two-hand touch. touch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Flag football out there. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Peterson have... would have seven hundred and eighty-seven yards. <laughs> oh, you can only rush after seven seconds. Yeah, I, that's what they should do. They should have a Hall of Fame game, two-hand touch, and flag football. Just a good charity game. Donate a bunch of money to some cause. God. All right. Anything else on the NFL before we get into some NBA? I just got a little some NBA uh, topics. Yes, I do. I, I do just want to talk about some of the uh, the coaching moves, uh, the NFL coaching carousel, just real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because there has been quite a few of the coaches either hired or uh, there's been quite a few people coming out. So Jim Harbaugh staying in Michigan mm-hmm. after everyone thought he was going to take a job in the NFL. I mean, uh, and this was um, notable. I heard about that. Uh, so with the Raiders, you know, he had all that smoke with the Raiders. That was more on Harbaugh's side, whereas the Raiders, um, this is from what was reported, they were using that as leverage. But Harbaugh had serious interest in the Raiders. And so when that interest with the Miami job came up, a lot of people thought that's where he was going. Yeah, and that's what that's honestly what I thought, too. I thought that's where he was going to end up. But he decided, I said uh, after he – had that meeting, he decided that he wanted to stay uh, in. After the meeting with the Vikings, he decided he wanted to stay in Michigan. So he that he was linked to that Michigan or the Minnesota job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, I don't. I haven't talked to you about this since it happened. Sean Payton stepped down away from the Saints. Kyler uh, does not look like he's going to be coaching anywhere because he's still like on contract for three years, and it, it's like a whole weird thing. So I don't expect him to be a head coach anytime soon I disagree. Uh, not in this season i think he i think he is the head coach by week eight of this coming up nfl season for the dallas cowboys for the cowboys i think mccarthy is canned early and peyton steps in wouldn't that be wild if the cowboys fired their head coach midseason because that does not happen very often i'm shocked they brought him back i know i am the whole world is um, so the Texans obviously still in the mix for yeah. Brian Flores, uh, even with the. No. You don't think it, so? Him filing that lawsuit, he's done. He and he he said that in pretty much his opening statement. Hmm. That he so, that wasn't looking for the job, or well, no, he, he, get one. he pretty much said that you know by by doing this, I know that I'm ostracizing myself from any coaching positions. Yeah, well, you have one organization that'll just take a chance. I mean, if if any did, it'd be the Texans. Do you think the Patriots would like him as a defensive coordinator? Oh yeah, well he's or definitely the got a, He's definitely got a coordinator job somewhere if he wanted it. Yeah, I mean Raiders and Patriots, of course, two New England guys there. Yeah, I like that a lot. And they're going to be real lucky if they get Brian Flores as their DC. Yeah, no, any any team would be lucky to have that. Um, a lot of these teams, so the Bears hired Matt uh, Eberflus, 
another uh, or a defensive guy. So here's the battle that I had with this, Kyler. A lot of people said that Matt Nagy was an offensive-minded guy because he was an OC in Kansas City for a couple of years. He was a quarterback's coach. He was an offensive quality coach for a couple of years. I don't even know what that means. But there's no way that I would consider Matt Nagy to be an offensive-minded guy when your team is scoring like 14 to 18 points a game. No, no. Matt Nagy, this is really, really – the Bears, I don't know. If Matt, if Matt Nagy was an offensive coach, maybe maybe they're just trying to completely flip script. Like, well, he didn't work with Justin Fields at all. So maybe let's get a defensive guy, and he'll, maybe he can work with Justin Fields a little bit. And that – Eberflus, I mean, he was good in Indianapolis. I'm, I'm hopeful for him in Chicago, but um, I, I, my expectations are not that high. Yeah, my, mine are not very high either. I just think that this whole team is kind of in a in a sham spot right now, and it makes it tough. Their defense is what carried them through the Mitch Trubisky years, uh, and that's kind of like Jimmy G getting, you know, basically going to be moving down the road because he, even though he was a serviceable quarterback, his defense in the run game is what won him games, not his ability to play quarterback. Well, uh, and uh, just breaking news here, John Elway has come out and disputed that he was drunk and disheveled for that 2019 interview with Brian Flores. So uh, <laughs> great to hear from Mr. Elway there. Yeah. And then John Elway always uh, just injecting life into the conversation. Uh, oh, the Denver God. Broncos fired Vic Fangio and they hired Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. I mean, trying to bring – me and Cole talked about that on the last episode, actually. They're trying to – I mean, <laughs> everything they can to get Aaron in the building. Yeah, exactly. You just bring in whoever you can. I think that this is a good hire for them. It just kind of – it fits. I mean, you had to get rid of Fangio. Couldn't, hadn't been in the playoffs. This is another team whose defense and run game should be carrying you a lot further than it is for this team. So, uh, I think this is a good move for the Broncos. And I also saw that uh, another Packers coordinator or something like that was hired somewhere else. But, yeah, go on. Uh, so, that's all the uh, – that is all the positions that have been filled. There are still a ton of uh, names. I got it. Broncos hired – former Packers tight end coach as their offensive coordinator. Okay. Well, good for them. Maybe uh, they can – you know, he actually did a pretty good job with Robert Tanyan, so. Okay, so Bengals are wearing black and white pants. Ooh. I mean, are the Rams I mean, going to go – Orange. Are the Rams going to go all gray? I mean, they could. That's their worst uniform. They'll probably go white. White with the blue helmets. What color shirt? White shirt. They go all that. That's just that's their cleanest look is all white. Yeah, with the blue helmets. That's Mm -hmm. the that is the look, especially if the Bengals are going black. Although I really wanted the Bengals to go orange. I wanted the Bengals to go all black. No, I like the black with the orange accents. Yeah, if it, if hopefully the Rams go white, so we get. I mean, you know, another race in black, uh, black versus white uh, jersey combination on the field. That's really what we're looking for. But Josh, if the if the Forty ers would have gotten in there, you talk about a color coordination on that screen. No, the best the best color scheme of the playoffs was the Cowboys Forty ers oh. When you had the old like the original Cowboys look. Versus the 49 I mean, that was as good as it gets. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it'd be the same thing with the Bengals and the 49ers. The the only time the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl, they've played the 49ers both times. I mean, it, that's the legendary stuff. You had Debo 
Debo out laying on the uh, mm-hmm. the emblem, doing his little model pose during the or at the end of the game. So yeah, he loved to see all that, just taking off the to and just pulling all this stuff. That's really all the stuff I have for the NFL collar. I just want right. to go through some of that coaching. There's still a lot of coaching uh, yeah. availabilities out there. Uh, a lot of teams are still looking for guys. These positions, you know, this this is how I thought it would go. I thought that this stuff would get drug out into the off season, where you and Shane had kind of said that y'all thought it would, you know, happen pretty immediately. Yeah. The longer your team goes out, head coach, the more of a dumpster fire it is. So I think that maybe all these teams are in kind of dumpster fire spots right now. Yeah, and that's kind of we've seen the landscape landscape change, Josh. I mean, you're, you've been you became right on this they're kind of waiting i mean and maybe they're waiting on these coaches to get through with the playoffs so they can get more in-person interviews i'm not not real sure they're just trying to get these decisions right uh moving on let's move on to the nba john morant i mean he is absolutely the future of the nba uh yeah he is he is good john morant is electric uh, what are the i think they have the four seed right now the five seed something like that his just and I think I saw. Uh, damn, I wish I remember who who had this quote. They said the smartest players I've, I've played against, the, the hardest players to play against, you know, because they make the best decisions. It's I think he said LeBron, Chris Paul, and John Morant is is edging his way into that conversation. And for that, for a third year player, second year player, whatever he is, they're the three seed right now, thirty six and eighteen. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal basketball from John Moran as of late. And it seems like every single night I see just the most spectacular highlight reel dunk. Most of the time they don't even count because these referees are stupid and they want to call these these charge calls 18 feet away from the play when John Morant just did a 360 tomahawk. It's crazy. Uh, and the what, what blows my mind is his uh, – his- MVP odds are still not that high. I mean, he's not the favorite. He, he's definitely underrated from the national narrative standpoint. It's absurd. And uh, Perk, uh, I'll take a, I'll take a uh, page out of Perk's book right here, and I promise I didn't watch him say this. I'm just looking at a clip here. He says John Morant and the Grizzlies are like the Bengals of the NBA. Yeah, no, I, that makes complete sense. It's a smaller market franchise with a guy who just – you know, does whatever he can to win the uh, to win the game and make it look cool while he's doing it. John Morant's plus twelve hundred right now to win the regular season MVP. Uh, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Steph, and then Jaw. I'll tell you, Josh. What was Luca? Uh, Luca is way down the list at plus six thousand. We cannot be sleeping on Luca, Josh. This season, he is averaging twenty five, eight point nine, eight point nine. His shooting, his shooting percentage has slipped, but I don't sleep on Luka. They are still battling right now. They are the five seed. Josh, I'm telling you, they get on a run. They get up to the two, three seed. Um, hey, he's there. He's in the conversation. Yeah, right now he's not even in the conversation. Uh, right now he's top ten, two, three, I think four, five. Steph's locked it up, huh? No, I mean, I don't think so. Steph, was on, Steph went on that big shooting slump. Uh, I know he dropped 40 the other night, but that hurt him a lot. I mean, he slipped to four in the MVP voting. He definitely doesn't have it locked up. Joel it's, Embiid's the favorite right now. It's a it's a shooting slump for Steph Curry. I mean, he was shooting 30%. Well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, it's been a – for MVP, it's been a yeah, slump. sure. You're not going to get MVP right. shooting like that. You're right. It is so, I mean, right. It, I would say it's a three-man race. Terrible games. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, it's Jokic. I mean, 
it's Embiid and it's Curry. And Steph and Jaw. No, yeah, Curry. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Steph, and Giannis, Jaw. Giannis, yeah. You always forget about Giannis, and he is playing phenomenal, phenomenal Yeah, basketball. he's playing great. I mean, his step-back jumper is pure. It's pure. So someone told me the other day that they thought Jokic was the worst MVP in NBA history. Hmm. Not from the fact that he deserved it because they thought he deserved it. They just thought talent-wise and oh, skill level, he was the absurd. worst MVP. That's absolutely absurd. Josh, who do you think wins in a one-on-one Nikola Jokic or Kobe Bryant, RFP? Kobe. What's the score? Who starts with the ball? Jokic. Then you're probably looking at, what are we playing to? 11? Yeah, 11. Playing to 11, I'd probably give 311. No. Josh. Because the thing is, I think hey, Jokic Gordon. would score. I think Jokic would score the first three times, and then Kobe would get the ball back and never miss. Well, it's just, it's the same thing with Embiid. I mean, Embiid is and same thing with Jokic and Embiid. I mean, of course, Embiid's footwork is just impeccable. Josh, we saw him the first home game of the Thunder yeah. season. He was twenty five pounds overweight. He was completely out of shape, and he was still quicker, faster, and stronger than anybody else on the court. Anytime he <laughs> wanted a bucket, he got a bucket. And I think Jokic is kind of just the same way. Anytime he needs to find an open player, he finds him. He gets a layup. I, yeah, but Embiid's the same way. I mean, but it still seems like Josh Embiid. I mean, every single night. I mean, if you look at StatMuse posted every single night, you know, last ten games for Jokic, he's averaging fifty-eight points and twelve rebounds and eighty-seven assists, and he's going to win MVP. But they lost by four in overtime. Yep. So what's Doc's future here? Uh, I mean, you've got to start winning close games. You got to get to the playoffs and win some playoff games. That's that's number one. I mean, and that helps his legacy too. You want to know what Doc's future is? What? He is the next coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know. I'm sur- I'm shocked. Vogel hasn't been fired yet. Oh, me too. I think, I think he's just going to keep tatting Russell Westbrook as the, the bargaining chip to stay. <laughs> Look, guys, what do you expect me to do? I've got this guy on my team who just shoots every time he has the ball and he won't, he won't help me win. Speaking of bargaining trips, Bradley Beal says he's open to a trade before deadline. Uh, yeah, this is, I think we've heard this cool. storyline the past three seasons, but uh, – <laughs> It's. I mean, oh. it's not. Uh, it's not on Bradley Beal's part, of course. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to get a walk in DC too, but um, it's it's the owner. I mean, the owner. There's not a whole lot of assets out there worthy of trading a Bradley Beal, especially after that contract that he's given. Maybe, maybe they should change their team name to Ooh. attract more people to play there. They could be it? the commandeers. They should. <laughs> There's another thing I wanted to bring up. I think all sports teams in the same city should have the same colors. Ooh. I think Pittsburgh does it right. Um, there's a few other teams that do it, a few other cities. I'm, I'm blanking on them. The New York uh, the New York Mets with the Long Island Islanders, or um, with, the, uh, with the New York Islanders playing on Long Island. They all wear the same colors. More cities need to do that. I agree. I, I do like the the all in one color schemes 
makes it easy if you're a fan too. It's just, it just looks good. It just looks uh, good. Kyler, talking about this uh, this trade for Bradley Bill, I'm seeing everywhere that the the rumors have been with a package somewhere for Ben Simmons, but the 76ers are not going to include Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thybul. Good reason. So are there really any chances of a deal no. happening? Um, Matisse, I said Maurice. Matisse. I, Josh, I don't think so. I mean, you look at teams on the fringe here that that could really make a push for the playoffs. I mean, you mentioned the 76ers. The 76ers aren't going to trade Ben Simmons. I'm not sure why, but they're not going to trade him. I mean, you look at a team like the Cavaliers. I, I was going to talk to about them in just a second. I mean, they're playing – they're the surprise team of the season thus far. Evan Mobley, I mean, he had a career high last night. Garland and Sexton playing phenomenal basketball. Kevin Love coming off the bench, playing some of the best basketball of his career, um, really finding a nice role that he's comfortable with, not just a, a spot-up shooter in the corner like LeBron had him playing. He's finding his confidence back. Josh, if the Cavaliers wanted to trade Okoro and either Garland or Sexton – I mean, is that enough for Beal? I mean, it pro. I mean, it should be. I don't it's know not, that it is, but it but should be. It, it, it's only enough if if Beal really says like, "Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to leave." But yeah. he just signed an extension. Yeah, he doesn't. He lost a lot of leverage. That's crazy. That's what I don't understand about some of the deals that these NBA players are making, like letting their agents make these deals. It's like I, I get it, money's involved, but like if you don't see yourself there in six months you should probably try to get that contract on a different team yep that's right uh the celtics beginning to finally find a rhythm after probably the worst start to a season for jason tatum in his career i mean not even probably this was the worst start of a season for jason tatum in his career i'm glad to see him get back on track him and jalen brown really finding a good groove I hate, I hate, I hate Dennis Schroeder is their point guard. I mean, you're just, Josh, we witnessed it here in Oklahoma City. I mean, John Morant, I mean, I'm sorry, Dennis Schroeder, he just, he will lose you more games than he will win you. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we have that problem in Oklahoma City. I think Schroeder was, was pretty good when he was here, uh, injecting life into the offense, but he wasn't asked to be the starting point guard um, a whole lot. I mean, he was able to, he had a guy with him in Shea Gilgis Alexander. So I, I don't know that we had that problem here. I think it really manifested itself when he went to LA and that's where we saw it. But I, I mean, been, you're right. I think, I think he would have been great. I, honestly, I think if the Lakers would have kept him instead of whoever else they kept or instead of who else they brought in, Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, JaVale McGee, all these random pieces, if they would have kept uh, – quality point guard like Dennis Schroeder, I think to be in a lot better position right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and here's a hot take, Josh. LaMelo Ball will be the first Ball family member to win an NBA championship. Okay, here's an even hotter take. He will be the only Ball family Ooh. member to win an NBA championship. That's saying a lot, Josh. The Chicago Bulls playing phenomenal basketball. I mean, I think they're the one seed. Yeah, yeah. they're the one seed. Yeah, I stick to my statement. So how so how serious are the Bulls? How about man. that fucking foul from Grayson Allen? Hey man. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Hey, get him out of the fucking league. I I saw that they that the Bucks were appealing it and they were like, you know, we stand by Grayson and he didn't mean to do that. Which like I guess that's what you have to say. Like, has he ever played basketball before? What is that? 
If a guy has an open dunk, hey, how about you let him dunk it? Like you, bro, you tackled him out of the air. He was he was six feet in the air and you pushed him. Yeah, that's that's unacceptable, Josh. It's the same thing I saw. I mean, there's a reason they have a targeting penalty in the in college football. If you leave with the crown of your helmet and you purposely try, hey, oh, this guy's around the sideline, he's almost out of bounds. I can lay it. I can just fucking lay him out right here, helmet to helmet. Boom! They they eject that guy immediately, and he gets to sit out a half in the next game. I saw that in this previous game that uh, Ward did that to OBJ. Yeah. It's a 10-yard penalty. Yep. Josh, that could have killed Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, that was a hard hit right to the head. And we were watching it, and I was like, oh, he's going. He's going. He's at least getting a flagrant. Or like an unsport. No, and, nothing. And he, he did, no, he did get a uh, – it's, you know, helping the helmet contact, but it's a 10-yard penalty, 15-yard penalty, whatever it is. Eject him. He does not deserve, yeah. deserve to play in that football game. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Um, so here's a uh, cool stat in the NBA. Desmond Bain last night. Uh, on February 2nd, 2022, Desmond Bain wears 22. This is uh, via StatMuse. He wears number 22. It's the second year in the league. He shot 22.2%. He had two assists, two steals, two blocks, two turnovers, two fouls, didn't make a two-pointer, and his points, rebounds, and assists add up to 22. I mean, that's the most magical thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Is that not wild? I mean, I mean, not a lot to to take from it. You know, you shot twenty two percent and had two points, but hey, I mean, go buy a lottery ticket. All yeah. twos. Like you, yeah. you sure you went nine twos on this Powerball stuff? Hey, all twos. <laughs> oh, Luca had forty last night. He did forty um, and ten. Um, Josh, speaking of last night, how about the Thunder? Huh? No, Lou Dort sh- also with thirty. No SGA. Leading scorer was Lou Dort with 30. Trey Mann, who may have the quickest step back in the game, 29 points. Josh, what did I tell you when, when we went and watched him live? Hey, I like that kid a lot. And then he He's a bucket. He, he missed did. a free throw, though, with 11 seconds left. That would have given him his first 30-point game. He did. He did. Um, Lou Dort with no shy. He senses someone needs to step up. He's, I mean, he's the leader in that clubhouse when shy is not there. I mean, Took the situation in his own hands. Took over. Josh Giddy. I think he finished three assists shy of a triple double. Um, just amazing stuff from the Thunder last night with without their leader. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to point something out to you, Kyler. Uh, Lou Dort made six out of ten threes last night. Uh, looks like a pretty good offensive weapon who can really play defense. I think there's a a name for those kinds of players. What oh, is it? Yeah, two way players, oh. and he's a damn good one. He is. He is. He's getting. He's improving. I, I will agree with that. Yeah, one of the best in the league, Lou Dort. Uh, what a wonderful performance, uh, Josh Giddy in the company of LeBron James as the youngest yeah. person since LeBron James to achieve. Hey. Oh, it was a five, bunch of points, five, a bunch of assists, a bunch of rebounds. I think it was five hundred, two hundred, and three hundred, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was a cool stat. He was in the company of LeBron. Just won another LeBron. rookie of the month. Yep. Yeah. So Josh Giddy really stepping up, making me giddy, playing well. I think it's his third rookie of the month. Yeah. It's Jeez. at least his second. And I don't think he's going to win it. Um Evan Mobley is playing <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal basketball. I mean, he's got the he got the Cavs at the five seed for God's sake. Um, but Josh Giddy, I mean, and especially and this is the thing that troubles me with the Thunder. At any point, you should not have either Lou Dort, Trey Mann. 
shy. I mean, of course, if he's out or giddy on the floor at the same time, one of those four players has to be on the floor at some time. Yeah. That's the only chance we have of generating a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. That is our offense. Anyways, I digress. Um, And like I said earlier, Lucas hopes to win MVP. They're not gone, Josh. I mean, he would pretty much need to play in every game the rest of the season and uh, get them to the three seed because he has missed games. Uh, But if he plays the full season, I think he'd finish right around 70 games played. So I think that'd be enough. And, you know, if he got them to the three seed averaging about, you know, 28, eight and eight, I think it could be enough. Can we talk about how LeBron James is still winning the all-star team captain at age uh, 37? It's all fans. And can we talk about how, how fucking Andrew Wiggins is a starter? Oh, the biggest travesty of the all-star game. We've been saying it for five years now. Cancel the fan voting. Yeah, it was it was Clay Thompson and it was it was Carmelo Anthony and it was Jeremy Lin for God's sakes that were leading the fan voting. Yep, it's ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it. Or at least, or at least lower the percentage of how much it matters to one (laughs) percent. It's stupid. The the tiebreaker. And I understand you can't you can't go to the players and demand them to make a top 75 list of the top, you know, all stars in the league that they think you should make it. They don't you know, the players just aren't going to do that. But find a different system. Yeah, yeah, something something's got to give Andrew Wiggins should not be starting in an all star game. Sorry, Andrew. Ridiculous. He has been playing pretty well. He's been playing pretty good. Look at Josh. He's averaging like 16 points a game. I don't I, like. I understand he's playing well for the Warriors. He's not an All Star starter. No, nope. agreed. All right, agreed. N- NFL, Josh. Before we get to some NFL, let's hear an ad. Yeah, guys, go follow us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We're at Sports BYBP. I'm at Jake Eatno Twenty Two. Kyler is at Kyler Zero One Two. Go follow us. This is where we put all of our funny polls, our tweets, our uh, updates on the coaching carousels. We retweet stuff from Unwrapped and from Shane with Fancy BYB. With that, go follow uh, at Unwrapped Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They do a lot of live streams. It's our family over there. They have an, a great partnership with the app called Colorcast. Go down Colorcast and listen to a bunch of live stream sports. You can listen to all the NFL games, all the basketball games. Someone somewhere is talking about the sports. And if you, you want to get on and talk for yourself, anyone can hop on and go live. You don't have to be a professional like Kyler and myself. You can just go online anytime and stream your game and do some commentary or just give a hot take. People can rate your takes and, and talk about it. Uh, so go download ColorCast. Go check out Unwrap Sports. And then if you want to get ready for your next fantasy football league, where you're out, Kyler, but you know, there's all you can never be too prepared for fantasy football season, especially if you're running a dynasty, making trades, wheeling and dealing. You need to go follow at Fantasy BYB, our, our fantasy football expert, Shane. With that, Kyler, let's get to joining us today, knockout king, knockout specialist, Dreamland Milton, 4 0 now after his impressive impressive knockout win or tko win uh this past weekend josh was in attendance i could not quite make it uh so del long this was a late replacement fight you know i got the bout sheet earlier in the week and you're facing a guy with a lot more experience a lot more knockouts on his record um you know you ended up playing you ended up fighting a uh, a formidable opponent you know maybe five or six years ago but yeah 
you did you did win in there, did your thing. But what happened with that original bout that got canceled that probably would have been a little more competitive fight? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, as simple as it's put is, uh, you know, COVID. Uh, so uh, I'm riding to the airport. <laughs> and I, I'm just scrolling to the back of the Uber and my manager, I seen he posted in a boxing forum. He was like, uh, hey, if uh, anybody know of an uh, opponent for a 3-0 heavyweight, good money. And I'm like, oh, snap, that's me. So I got off. I immediately <laughs> called him. I said, yo, so I'm on the way to the airport right now. I said, yo, what, what's happening? Like, he said, oh, Bergman pulled out. You know, he got COVID or something like that. And uh, don't worry about it. You know, we're looking for you another uh, guy to fight. And so by the time I touched the ground, I landed. You know, I've heard this story before, too. So I'm already thinking, like, dang, that's a wrap, you know. And the same um, thing happened last time in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been I've literally been in this situation before. So I'm like, OK, I'm not really feeling too great about it. But uh, we land. And then the next thing you know, I'm fighting Dell Long. And I'm like, that name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, online and I look, I googled him, you know what I'm saying? And I seen he fought FA, and I'm like, oh, it's this fight, you know? So, uh, when you got a guy like that, you know what I'm saying, stepping in the last minute, we offered the fight actually to some better heavyweights, even, um, you know, guys that were better than Bergman. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I talked to my promoter, actually, a few of them messaged me and was like, hey, uh, you know, I got offered to fight you, but I'm not in shape yet, but I'm going to fight you. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that is what it is. Uh, so, you know, my team is trying to step me up in competition, but the guys still have to take the fights. Yeah, and uh, speaking on that, so, you know, the story in boxing is, you know, they want to build you up one by one. You know, the first guy you fight is going to be good on the inside. The second guy you fight is going to be good on the outside. The third guy you fight is going to be able to work in the clinch. But when you get to, you know, 11, 12, and 0, you're pretty well rounded for anything you're going to see in the ring. Is that kind of the trajectory that's, that uh, your promotion has you on? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say I'm, I'm actually moving on a little bit faster than that. Like I say, some of the guys that were being dropped. In the ring know, with, just, with Tyson Fury, I'd say so. You said what? I said in the ring with Tyson Fury, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so like what I'm doing uh, in training and stuff like that is going to get a chance to translate uh, to the ring every time. And, and you know, uh, although – Bergman had the better experience, you know, I felt like I was going to get in there and handle him pretty well too, you know, just as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just as well as I did with Dale, even though, like I say, Bergman usually shows up and he gives a good um, a test for himself. He, yeah. he knows how to survive and play the game. He probably didn't weigh 285 pounds on fight day either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't and, survive, and surviving is something tough for your opponents. I mean, you've been, you've been out here handling people quick. That's the, that's the beauty of it, but you know, it's, are you itching for one of these longer fights or are you okay with ending them in the first every time? You know, um, like I say, whatever opportunity presents itself just presents itself. You know, I'm in there to fight, um, not necessarily in there to get my rounds in or nothing like that. Uh, what happens in the moment is what happens. And, you know, I'll be judged no matter what, uh, damn if I do, damn if I don't. If I let a guy like Del Long make it out of the first round, then we need to reevaluate some conversations with myself. Yeah. You know? Well, you were, you were, you definitely overwhelmed him early. I was sitting there watching from the media standpoint and he didn't have the the footwork to keep up with taking the punch at the same time. Uh, you, from a boxing standpoint, I mean, you just completely overwhelmed him. He was, you could tell he was not prepared. 
even after yeah, that first, no. after the first knockdown, man, the look he gave you, because he was still on the ground, he kind of looked over like, I know how this one's going to end. Hopefully, the ref gets me out of here. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect, because yeah, I mean, I mean, that's ninety nine percent of the human population in there with you. Yeah, I talked to him after the fight, man. He said, uh, you know, out of all the guys I've he's been in the ring with, I'm top three on the punches list. So the fact that I'm top three and I can box. What would Javon what would Javon Daphne put you at? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I don't know what Daphne's up to, man. I just hope brother's doing well. So let's let's talk real quick, uh, uh kind of get away from your most recent fight. I just talk about Vegas and the training and, and all the stuff that you're doing with your team. So what does that look like? You know, after this fight, you just wanted another one in the first. What kind of training program are you are you looking at starting? Are you uh, just going to critique? The, do you have anything that you want to start critiquing right now that you want to tweak a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even when I got back to the back of the dressing room, I talked to my manager about, you know, the outcome of this fight as short as it was and everything like that. But, you know, the preparation, um, you know, still learning uh, – you know, what's going to be the perfect fit for me, what I want to, you know, add uh, to my camp, what I want to take away from what we might have done. And, and uh, you know, all these things, you know, it's, it's, it takes a little while until you get that perfect storm. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was already in the back of the locker room, man, before I even went and hit the showers and said hello to everybody, like, hey, this is what I would like to see next time, you know, and this is what I'd like to, what I'd like to do. And I, and I believe we're going to make that happen. And I understand that, you know, they're still building you up and another guy there's, you know, a little farther in the process, I would say, especially record wise, uh, Jared Big Baby, Baby Anderson. Now, yeah, I know, for sure. I know you're kind of I don't know if you're friends. I don't know how many interactions you all have had. Uh, I mean, do you see that as a I mean, because I, I think I even re- read something that he's a win away from a title shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've been moving him very well. And, I mean, he is uh, pretty much the guy to catch up with as far as prospects just because he, he has the fights underneath his belt, um, you know, and uh, he has the backing, really good backing. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why, you know, anytime uh, anybody else has, at the heavyweight division fights on a top rank card, Timothy Bradley is, like, throwing a little bit of shade because, you know, they're big on uh, Jared and uh, – you know, rightfully so, man. So, like, uh, if I can catch up with my fights and, you know, get an opportunity like that down the stretch, you know, yeah, we'll be ready for that, too. That's something you, you'd, you'd be interested in? But, yeah, that's that's the goal. I mean, um, you know, why – it don't stop at a deal long, of course. You know, I, you don't see me jumping on the ropes going crazy, man. I just enjoy my people, enjoy well, the that's moment. It. Well, I always tell you, man, nobody's working as hard as you. Yeah, negative. negative. Even though we laugh it off, it's probably true. it's probably true let them know again well i mean this is i mean it's got to be cool for you i mean obviously you've got those people in the in the sites you know down the road but you talked about it you know you got to get the fights under the belt eventually people got to take the fights eventually people are going to have to take those fights and let you box right absolutely absolutely and i mean you know one thing about it i'm just thankful to my promoter and my team you know what i'm saying for like making sure that I fought uh, this this last weekend because, uh, you know, I just need to get my record, my experience up. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's just keep the train moving. So, you know, if I didn't fight anybody or if, uh, you know, if I missed the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, and that's just another month down. So, like, we're a little bit closer than we were before. Sure. So, uh, and, go ahead, Josh. 
I, I don't really know with uh, boxing as much as you have seen. It might be different just because you didn't you know, take very many shots. But does the uh, does the fight like the time in between fights? How how long do you usually go? Like how long does someone in boxing usually go? I'll add to that question. Uh, so this will be a two part question. So in 2021, you fought one time in April, yes. and that was amazing. We, I mean, Josh, we're in there. That was the viral knockout. Uh, so you've already got one under your books in 2022. How many would you like to have in 2022? Six. Uh, that's been included one. So hopefully six times this year, uh, with a minimum of four, including this one. Okay. So yeah. so once so once a quarter basically. Uh, you know what? It, it's, it all depends. Like, uh, so I was in San Diego training and then uh, that that was pretty much a camp. That was a full camp. Even though I didn't have a fight, I was training at a very high level, uh, completely locked in, completely focused. Like if I was preparing for my own fight, I was the main part, sparring partner for Frank Sanchez. So that kept me uh, on my toes and busy and just man. working with Canelo. Um, yeah. So then we coming off of that into my own actually my own camp. I've pretty much been in camp for about two months solid. So now it's time to give the bodies a little rest. Um, but I'll be back in the gym. It's not uh, it's not about like just going hard, going hard. But it's just about how you maneuver it and work smarter, work smarter. So I'm still working. You know that's no doubt. And usually like you know coming off a fight like this, I'd be ready to go. I'd be ready to go again pretty soon. Um, you know maybe you know honestly. Uh, underneath di- different circumstances, you know, I, I could probably fight in another two weeks, you know, coming off a fight like this, this one, uh, you know, yeah. no, no sweat, you know, nothing was, we was preparing for a tougher guy, you know what I'm saying? We got him out of there in, mm-hmm. in the same fashion. And then we, you know, I could fight again, but you know, they have a, they have an idea of when I should be fighting. That might be, I got another date locked in, in April, but I might fight before that. Uh, so where's that fight in April? Uh, yeah, you know, just saying we we come uh, home. Yeah, okay, no, no, no. So, but uh, that, one more question I wanted to ask you. So, again, this is the first fight in 2022. You said you want three more this year. So one one year from right now, uh, you know, se- February second, 2023. What are two things that you really want to improve on in your bo- in in your skills? Um, you know what, I I just want to, you know, what I'm saying. I want to uh, establish myself as, you know, a pro um, to to be watched and to be recognized amongst, you know, the entire boxing community. Uh, you know, so like in the Del- prospect ranks, uh, Del- I want to make help sure. That. That, yeah, I want to I want to crack into like uh, I want to crack into that top. Want to crack into that top ten uh, at some point, um, which is which is which is well, it might not happen this year. Okay. But you know what? I'm aiming high. I believe you know in you. Shoot for the stars, you know, aim for the moon type stuff. Uh, you know, so it's close. You know, I just want to climb up these rankings, man. I want to climb up these rankings. And not just, you know, talking about fighting anybody on local level or anything like that. I just want to be mentioned amongst, you know, the guys that. that are doing it. I want the big baby fight. Yeah, that big baby fight. Uh, that uh, You know, and that's the thing. I think big baby, you know, where he's slated to go, like I say, Boxing is a weird thing, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I feel like there there will be some other fights um, that I'll have to take. But I feel like my thing is Eventually. I want to knock off I want to knock off one of these guys that everybody's talking about. I love that. And and 
how much more, you know, you talked about wanting to get minimum of four or six fights in and climb the ranks. How much more does it mean to you when you get the opportunities to do that in Tulsa, Oklahoma? It's, it's everything, man. You know, uh, Josh, I know you was in there, so you felt that energy. You heard the excitement, man. It was something that I, I wouldn't really even prepare for. Um, the thing about it is I feel like, you know, I can, you know, soon – Soon, sooner than later, I'll be, you know, turning out the hard rock just by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole thing. So, you know, and, and one of my goals, too, is, man, is I'm looking at that BLK center every time I'm driving past it now, man. You know, and that's 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 some future talk. But, you know, uh, look at look at everything that's come to pass so far. And and to kind of and to build off this, not just for the sold out arenas and in the stuff, which is great. And I would Kyler and I both know that, you know, that's going to happen. That You know, that that's that's just a matter of time. But more than that, I want, I want to give you a chance to really talk about Dreamland and the shirts, the background, and, you know, just kind of being able to box and do all this and promote Tulsa, Oklahoma with Black Wall Street. Uh, I know that that's important to you. It's all over the T-shirts, your shorts that you wore the other night. Uh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I heard that you say that they were custom design shorts. So, I mean, just I'll give you a little chance to make a plug right here for all of your the background with Black Wall Street and all those things. Yeah, man, you know, um, so Dreamland, you know, it's, it's even tatted on me, you know what I'm saying? I got it there on my neck. Uh, but it is so uh, important that, you know, I also push uh, the message of, you know, pretty much like the history of Tulsa and some of the things we've been through as a people. Uh, and uh, not only that, but to, you know, just shed light uh, on, on the city and uh, also give give hope to the hopeless people, you know what I'm saying, out there. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that happened, you know what I'm saying, in that in that time, a lot of gray areas. But I just want to reference to, like, you know what I'm saying, a chance to rebuild, a chance to rebrand and uh, not focus so much all on the pain, you know what I'm saying, even though I'm hurting people in the ring, you know, uh, let's just focus on, you know what I'm saying, like bringing it back to the city, man, and, um, you know, and, and just turn it up, man. Dreamland is it's gonna be a party, man. It's gonna start being a party every time I come through, man. And uh, you know, it's just a celebration. Exactly right. That's awesome. Man, I'm so excited, bro. I've we've been following you since the beginning, and it's it's so amazing to just I mean the potential that you have, dude, it's incredible. What are you ranked right now? 191st? Yo, I ain't even checked the updated rankings, man, but I know I'm climbing, man. I'll be marching. So, so it looks like you're 191st worldwide, 48 in the uh, U.S. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that all that stuff should be updated. Uh, maybe I'm a little higher than that now, but I'm not sure. Okay, okay. So, uh, well, I mean, and just one thing to keep in mind, you know, through all this, there's always this one guy in Tahlequah who uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Ah, but on the on the real though next time you do come in i know i know everybody hits us but i'd love to go through a jeremiah milton workout even if you just man. sent me some stuff to do just i'd love to go through a jeremiah workout man you know what uh like i say uh I, I'm, I'm planning to fight a lot this year so you know and i want these fights i'm gonna, I'm gonna stay home a little longer i'm still in tulsa right now uh, but, you know, the weather's bad. Everybody's, you know, kind of stuck in right now. But one of these weeks where I stay a little bit longer, man, I try to make as many rounds as I can. I try to, you know, pop up on different people. But, yeah, we get that workout in. Love it. I'm, I'm here it. for it. So, uh, you know, don't answer this question if you can't spoil anything. Is it, Will you be back in Tulsa in 2022 to fight? Yo, absolutely, man. We, we got to do it again. We got to do that again. We're there. I can't I love wait, it. Buddy. 
Jeremiah. Jeremiah Milton, Dreamland. This has been a great conversation. We love having you on the show, brother. Man, thank you guys. Hey. Man, keep doing what y'all doing. Hey, the next fight announcement has to be on, on this podcast. Can we agree? You think Top Rank will right. let you do it? Oh, well, yeah. Top Rank, they're going to do their thing, man. They'll, they'll announce it when they announce yeah. it, but I'm going to do my thing, too. I love it. Love so, it. whenever we have, whenever I do announce the next fight, you know what I'm saying? Boom. Hit me up. I love you, bro. Right. See you, bro. All right, brother. Y'all be safe. Some NFL talk. Let's do it. So, uh, Joey B, I mean, he is the absolute coolest dude on the planet, right? I mean, the swag coming into the game, the drippy chain, the quoting Drake after Cartier glasses. I can't even peek at you. Hey, yellow Ferrari, like Pikachu. He's just a fucking cool man. And he stepped up in the biggest moments. T Higgins, of course, stepping up when uh, Uzama goes down early in the game. And, you know, Chase was held in check, much like the Chiefs did to Stefan Diggs. T Higgins, six receptions, 123, 103 yards. That's incredible stuff there. Uh, Tyler Boyd stepped up big. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, 21 carries, 88 yards. Uh, Josh. Did the Chiefs get too cute, or did this Cincy defense really come in that second half and just smack them in the mouth? Uh, I think the Chiefs got smacked. I think it was a little of both, but I think the, I think the Chiefs got smacked in the mouth. I think this is the first half of a playoff game that we've actually seen Patrick Mahomes not look like a superstar football player. He looked like a normal, serviceable quarterback, and it opens up holes all over this place. And, and he just did not look good. And obviously, the, the Bengals had a couple of bounces go their way. Tyreek Hill dropped a pass he should have caught. Travis Kelsey dropped a pass he should have caught, both for first downs. And well, those drops don't normally happen. Well, and, and how about they got the probably one of the biggest breaks of them all. Right before halftime, they designed, they designed a play with five seconds left to throw the ball not in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Well, Patrick Mahomes screwed that play up from every way around. I think that moment, it kind of broke his spirit, and that's what sent the Chiefs on a downward spiral because Andy Reid was mad. And whenever they come out halftime, they talked about it. Andy Reid said, look, Patrick wanted to go for it. We drew him up a play, and it didn't work out. But you could tell his cheeks were red. He was mad. And you give it to Tyreek, who, yeah, Tyreek's Tyreek. You give it to him five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Ridiculous and expect him to go in and just make the play. And Cincinnati did a great job of, of standing up on the defensive side of the ball because they could have easily let this game get out of hand. Well, Josh, you throw the ball in the end zone. If it's, if it's complete, if it's intercepted, no harm, no foul. If it's incomplete, you still have one or two seconds left on the clock to kick a field goal. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. Um, one more thing on the NBA. The, uh, just notice this. The Suns have won 11 in a row. The Suns are good. The Warriors are good. The Suns are good. The Bucks are good. The Nets are not good. The Nets have lost six seven. Well, John, it, it, just because they had to play so many home games. <laughs> oh, the Nets have lost six in a row. Yeah, not that's good. Not, that's not good. Um. Anyways, anyways, back to the NFL. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this game, Kyler, there. You're right. That moment, Patrick Mahomes at least should have realized he at least should have thrown it to the ground and clocked it for that extra second because yeah. if you get that extra field goal that would have done a lot of damage to this game i mean that would have changed everything well Josh, that you're right that that play completely changed the momentum i mean i know and, we've heard that from every every sports talk show in the world but it did i mean there's not there's no ifs ands or about if ands or buts about it yeah and you know and i'll say what everyone else has been saying for a week now 
Thank you to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals because now we do not have to see Jackson, Mahomes, and Brittany at the Super Bowl. And Kyler, this, I mean, what Joe Burrow is doing is just phenomenal. I mean, this kid no. is a he's a winner. He's a football guy. Done. He just he plays the part. He's what the league wanted Baker Mayfield to be. Hey, that's exactly right. And I said this on the uh, I said this on the episode with Cole. You know, all these all these pundits are saying, you know, the Chiefs are too young. The Chiefs don't know what they don't know. Well, maybe the they know they're pretty fucking good. The Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. They know that they're good. Well, and I mean, you've got all those LSU guys on the team, at least three starters from the LSU team. They know how to win big time football games. This isn't the Bungles. This is a completely brand new team that came out of LSU two years ago that won a national championship. This is the Who Day Bangles. This is the Joe Bangle. This is the Joe Brisky, the Joe Breezy. Joey Bangles. I like it. So, I mean, they know how to win football games. This team came out and they played with extreme poise in the second half they just made the plays down the stretch one of my favorite parts of this game had nothing to do with the game it was after the coin toss the Chiefs win and Josh Mm. Allen tweets out pain I was like yeah yeah but then you know what hey Josh Allen the the Bengals got to stop so it'd be cool if your defense would try that in overtime No, no they got I think they got a pick didn't they well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's a stop. I mean, yeah, but even more impressive. I mean, the the Bengals, they've got some like me and yeah. Cole talked about this too. They've got some playmakers on the defense side of the ball. And I talked to I talked about him too. Hendrickson, that guy is Josh, do you see him running around all around the field chasing Mahomes? Ended up getting the tackle right at the line of scrimmage. That kid is, I mean, that grown man, he's yeah. one of the best athletes on the field. Yeah, I, I think that. What's crazy is I think that there's quite a bit of room of, for improvement for the Cincinnati Bengals team, which is pretty scary to say because I'm not convinced that this defense is as legit as it should be. But that just means that they're doing all this with n- not the best defense that they can throw out. So I think that yeah. they're going to improve, and I think that this team could be scary for a few years. Oh, it's good. not very often that you have a second-year quarterback make it to the Super Bowl, much less the playoffs. I think Sean McVay is, is shitting his pants right now. I mean, I, all these weapons to, to – I think his only – I mean, we'll, of course, we're going to dive into this a lot more. But, I mean, I, I'd say you got to get to Joe Burrow, but the Titans sacked him fucking nine times. Well, the problem with the Titans is they also cannot score the football. They couldn't move the ball on offense, and that's a problem. So The, Ram, the Rams got, scored 20 points. Yeah, I guess it's a way better defense than the 49ers. Well, is the 49ers defense better than the Titans? I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know either. But uh, I do know that if I am if I am them, I am going to be throwing everything at Jamar Chase oh. and T. Higgins. And I'm going cool. to let Joe Mixon beat me because I've got Aaron Donald on the defensive line and Von Miller, who's making incredible plays. Eric Weddle's in the secondary now. This defense is top-tier mm-hmm. talent. It is loaded with talent. So if there's one of these teams in the playoffs that's going to stand a chance, give me Sean McVay and the Rams. Eric Weddle, by the way, I mean, he was – and I disagree with that. Eric Weddle, by the way, he was playing pickup basketball two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mean, this guy – And, and he was making t- plays. He made some plays in the championship game. Great plays. And, I mean, another – we're talking about the Hall of Fame class. You know, yep. I, I don't, I'm not sure how old he is, but – if you were to hang him up after this year, especially after a Super Bowl win, I mean, he may be joining Tom Brady and Big Ben. Yeah, another guy who just – I mean, there's a lot of these guys. Von Miller could leave after oh, this yeah. year. 
there's just so much talent in the NFL that's just kind of phasing out. So how mad do you think A.J. Green is right now? Uh, you know, I would have loved to – yeah. I mean, spending so many years with the Bengals, you leave for two or three, and now they're on the path for the Super Bowl. That's a tough look. That's a tough look. Uh, <laughs> that's a bad beat. That's like <laughs> that's a pretty bad beat. Uh, Ocho Cinco, same way. But yeah. uh, Ocho, Ocho Cinco always, uh, Chad Johnson, whatever his name is now, uh, always in great spirits. So, uh, and uh, you know, he's of course rooting for uh, Houday. Um, let's move on, Josh, to the NFC Championship game. This was quite a snooze fest until uh, it wasn't too bad actually. I mean, yeah, you know, there were some exciting yeah. moments in this game. That was um, a pretty good game. Yeah, it was it was all right. Um, really a strategic battle between these two coaches, as we knew it would be. They know each other so well. Stafford, um, I mean, he did his thing, 337 yards, two tutties. Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup, they know he's the best receiver on the field. They double-team him every time. They've got, you know, safeties hanging down low to make sure that, you know, they get the underneath routes, they get the over-the-top over, over the top routes. They're making sure the whole Cup in check. Finishes with 11 catches, 142 yards. Nine of those catches – were for first downs, I believe, or third to first down conversions. Um, caught both of Stafford's touchdowns. The Rams won the fourth quarter 13 to zero, um, which of course leads to more discussions about Kyle Shanahan in late game scheming situations. Um, but pro- speaking of late game situations, Josh, and uh, probably one of the worst coaching sequences in McVay's career came on Sunday when he took a timeout and then unsuccessfully challenged to play, losing two timeouts and his challenge. Yeah, that was the challenges were not a good look. Uh, even the, the analysts or the commentators were like, I think Shanahan's just in his head. I think he's just trying to, to get one over on Shanahan, and it's just not working. I mean, he's just grasping at straws. He said, everyone in the stadium right now knows that that's not a fumble. Why would you challenge this fumble? And then there was the yardage one for Stafford <laughs> on the board. Then it's like, why would you challenge this when it's clear he got stood up? I thought the line was actually probably an inch or inch and a half closer than the refs gave it to him. Yeah. But it still wasn't a first down. No, not even close. It wasn't. It wasn't close to first down. He challenged the spot of the rule, the spot of the ball, which I mean, can we put a fucking chip in the ball? Can we put a chip in the ball? Yeah, let's figure out exactly where the ball goes. I mean, because these these sixty five year old men are just running on the field. Looking over to the sideline, that's Josh. How far? How how wide is an NFL sideline? Uh, how, how how long? How wide is an NFL field? It's like 20, 20 I, I used to know this. Uh, it is one hundred and sixty feet in width. Oh God, Josh! How many fucking yards is that? Fifty. <laughs> Uh, 56.333. Perfect. Oh, wait. I did 169. Nice. nice. Uh, 160 feet is 53.333. I forgot my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, oh, the yardage, the refs being can't see, I'm sure. Oh, is where gosh. This. this guy is uh, – imagine a 65-year-old ref on the right hash having to look over 29 yards and be like – yeah, I think it's in the right spot and set it down. That's the science they're using. Yep. That's uh, it, 1960 science. So going back to going back to this game for a second, just for me. So I, I really enjoyed this game 
obviously the Rams had to make the late comeback. Yeah. I thought that they were kind of out of it, but Matthew Stafford, you know, kind of cool. doing something correct and, and kind of getting his team back in there. The defense of the Rams played a big part in this, but Jimmy G had to be the biggest story of this game because the fact it showed that he is a mid quarterback trying to make it on a team that is carried by a defense in the run game. So if this, this 49ers team had a legitimate quarterback under center. I don't know that anyone could stop them with Kyle Shanahan other than Kyle Shanahan. Speaking of that, who do you think Kyle Shanahan wants? Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. I think I, <laughs> I think he would. I think he would love to have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson as his quarterback. So you got to think of uh, the ever evolving COVID protocols in the world, um, where Aaron Rodgers would feel most comfortable as a football player, if anywhere. I mean, it, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Miami. Tampa Bay's a Tampa Bay's a good spot for him. Miami. Probably not Miami. Denver. Denver's in the in the list. I don't know. We'll see. And I, I, I imagine I, I am almost I'm almost betting he announces that on the McAfee show. Oh, I would be shocked if he did it anywhere else. Has to be. But I mean, honestly, though, I mean, Aaron Rodgers kind of been, uh, you know, I, I called this. I made, I won twenty bucks off Aaron Rodgers losing that game because I just knew I, I made ten dollar yeah. bets with people. The the bet I made was with two different people. I'll give, you give me ten dollars if we don't see Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl, and I'll give you twenty dollars if we do see him in the Super Bowl. I made that bet with two different people, and I won twenty bucks. I felt pretty good about it, and then That's I won a- ten bucks on the on Jimmy G choking with the 49ers. So yeah. And that's the thing, Josh. I mean, I will, I fell asleep during the uh, 49ers-Packers game, and I woke up. I literally woke up to Aaron Rodgers walking off the field, giving the I love yous. And I was like, how the <laughs> fuck did he lose that game? Yep. Yeah, never should have happened. They Honestly, they should have never even been in the game. Like, that game should have been over early, and Aaron Rodgers should have got out of there. One of my favorite things to see on social media right now is the videos of – the 49ers and Cowboys where the Cowboys fans are just beating the 49ers like 600 points to zero. And then they're like, okay, this makes things better. I'm, I'm happy now. And that's, that's my favorite trend of video on social media right now. That's, Josh, I don't think we talked about how cool Joe Burrow is. I mean, he, he's the coolest fucking dude on the planet. And you brought up Baker Mayfield. I think if Baker Mayfield was in this situation, he'd be just as cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anywhere that, dude was gonna go he was gonna just him and uh just smoking the cigars again after the game like he he is a dude like he's one of the like he he would fit in with my with my friend group and he's no, just a boy that's the thing josh he fits in with any friend group exactly and it's yep. the same thing we talked about their kicker coming in evan mcpherson who is an absolute stud 12 for 12 in the playoffs so far josh he is one field goal away from Adam Vinatieri's record for most field goals made in a single playoff. He is nine points away from breaking the all-time points record in a single postseason series. He's a goddamn rookie. Bro, and he come out. That's never been a more cold thing whenever he looked at Joe Burrow and said, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship and goes out there and just smokes it. The the backup quarterback Brendan Allen, who he said that to, hey, just gave his little leg a kick, mm. gave him a high five. Well, he looks like we're going to AFC Championship, boys. 
walks up there. Josh, how about but when he kicked the ball? Ball's in midair. Josh, he did the tiger walk off. Hey, Josh, he went and picked mm-hmm. up the ball out of the hole before it went in. Yep. Yeah. He's got, I mean, he's got stones. Jeez, I love that kid. He's got stones. This bingo seems going to be fun to watch for a long time. He bombs the ball too. God, he can't. And he did. And I've listened to Mac and he talk about this a lot. You can really tell him and uh, go, throwing it back to Adam Vinatieri. Th- those two guys, when they go to kick the ball, they give it their everything. They're not trying to direct the ball. They're not trying to guide it like a golf swing. They're going up there. They're fully confident in their swing and they're swinging as hard as they can, hitting that ball as far as they can. And you like it to that Vinatieri. Uh, 49-yard kick that he had uh, to win the AFC Championship a long time ago. He kicked it over the net. That's how hard he's kicking the ball. And Edwin yep. McPherson's the same way. Yeah, he does kick it very hard. Although he still can't kick it as far as Justin Otto, Matt Tucker. Well, and, and what's even more impressive about Tuck, he doesn't kick it that hard. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't look like he's just forcing and giving everything he's got. He goes out because there and just not. smooth like butter. He is. That's how – because he's more – Pat McAfee uh, kind of talked about that too. He directs the ball with his foot, and he just can direct it farther than anybody else can direct a football in the history of football. <laughs> yep, 66 yards. All right, Josh, we got anything else? I, I think this has been a, a pretty good packed episode. Oh, you want to talk about Pebble Beach. I do remember that. Yeah, I do want to talk about Pebble Beach. There's a great tournament going on, uh, of course, in one of the most historic – venues golf venues in the country uh, i mean just a stacked field of course play is starting today which i kind of disagree with i think that i mean last week of course they started it oh there's no football on sunday that's why um last week they started it on thursday or on wednesday so they would be done on saturday so we could all watch football so the players could watch football uh, great move by the pga tour of course um, they're going to dominate ratings on sunday huh Oh, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, that in the NBA, but everyone's going to be watching some part of that championship on Sunday because it's a pretty good field, I'm pretty sure. It is. It's a very stacked field. We've got Jordan Spieth. We've got uh, Patrick Cantlay. Maverick's up at the top. Maverick McNeely. Austin Eckroat. I mean, shout out to Oklahoma State. Kevin Chappell. I love Kevin Chappell. There's a great video of him on four plays saying Pat Perez. He's a fucking character. Matthew Kiz. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Watch Kevin Kisner this week, Josh. He is absolutely dialed in with his short game. Uh, I really, really watch for him. If there's a if there's a top ten bet somewhere, go ahead, go ahead and throw Kevin uh, Kevin Kisner in there. Okay, top ten. Let me see if Caesar has a top ten bet. That's one thing I don't really like about Caesar in the golf is uh, they only have. Like, so you use winner. Caesar, and this is uh, this is off the this is completely hypothetical, Josh. Uh, you yeah, use Caesar. That's what I would. If I was to use anything, it would be yes. Now, when I say you do use this in, in a state where it's not legal, of course, but you know, it hypothetically, yeah. If I was you, to use it, it would be Caesar. And hypothetically, do you use a VPN when you do this? Uh, hypothetically, hypothetically, no. I don't know how to do a VPN. Hypothetically, I would just have a friend of mine uh, do gotcha. it for me. Hypothetically, because gotcha. I'm thinking hypothetically. Uh, hypothetically, is, I'm thinking of investing in a VPN so I can start betting on my phone. Who? Who is Chase Seifert? Oh, Tyler. he's a he's a stud, Josh. This kid is good. This kid is really really good. He's what playing playing well today, huh? Four four hundred five. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm just trying to look at the top of the board here. McNeely three hundred through four, looking pretty good. I'm just kind of looking for one guy. His name's Colin. Is he playing this week? No, I don't think Colin Colin Morkow is playing this week. 
Why would you not go play Pebble Beach? Cameron yeah. Champ, that's a name to look out for this weekend, I think, Kyler. For uh, one of those top ten finishes you were talking about, I'd put I'd sprinkle a little bit on Cameron Champ. All right, give me uh give me two winners. Oh, winners? Yep. Uh give me I will take this will be a Cantley. And then sorry, I gotta figure out who's all playing in this thing because some people haven't teed off yet. Um See if there's any names I like down here. It doesn't really look like it. Um, sorry, I'm still just looking through this list to see if there's anybody that sticks out. I don't see anyone that just pretty that just catches my eye. So I think I will give my other winner to sorry, I'm just going to one more time. Yeah, nope. Okay. Um, give me my other winner to be Maverick McNeely. Well, I love the name. I'll sprinkle it on there. Damn, you took mine. I actually took both of mine, to be honest. I was going to pick Patrick Cantley, and I was leaning towards Maverick. And Maverick McNeely uh, just had a just ha- uh, 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 what something happened with the leaderboard here. I think he just bogeyed. But um, I'm gonna right, of course. <laughs> That's like Big Cat the other day. I saw he tweeted as soon as he put a tweet out, so that he was going to vote like he was going to put a bet on something. The complete opposite happened as soon as he placed the bet. So, That's what'll happen. Uh, I'm gonna go my my two winners for the this week. Uh, this cut will kind of be our uh, BRB parlay, I guess, for the week. Uh, I'm gonna go. Give me Kiz, of course. I gotta pick Kiz. And this guy has not started playing yet. Dylan Fratelli. Okay, Dylan Fratelli. I, 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 I struck that. I struck that. Chaz Reevy. Chaz Reevy. Okay. Now, Kyler, what we can do for the BYB parlay is we can actually do some NBA. We could pick Ooh. a four-leg NBA parlay. We could either do player props or uh, teams. No, let's, let's, let's do let's do teams. But the way the the app I use hypothetically used does not have player props. Gotcha. Okay, so we can just do a uh, yeah, that'll work. Okay. Well, we're gonna. So what what day should we do this? Let's do it. Let's do it for Friday. What is February 3rd? Thursday. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we need to do it for for tomorrow. Well, let me get to those games. So, do we want to do the primetime games or do we want to do any games? I'd say we can do any games that are uh, NBA. All right. So, so damn, tomorrow's game. Actually, yeah, I don't think the lines are going to be out yet, unfortunately. Mm. So, we can just – Put Thursday's games in here. Uh, we can do the night games because, I mean, this episode will be posted and then people yeah. know how smart we are. Let's do it. Uh, I've got the Clippers minus – oh, fuck, that's going to be a close game. <laughs> that's the thing about NBA lines. It's different than the NFL. Clippers money line. Clippers money line. I love it. Uh, give me the Bulls money line. Mm, they're a little bit banged up. Raptors been playing good ball as of recently. Uh, give me the over for the Warriors game. The, the, speaking of the Kings, speaking of the uh, the Kings are playing the Warriors tonight. The Kings, Josh, this is a team to really look out for. The trade deadline is approaching. They have some absolute stars over there in Sacramento. None of them play well together. Absolutely none of them. They all pretty much play the same position. Tyrese yep. Halliburton is probably one of the best. You talk about two-way players. Tyrese Halliburton is probably one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and he's the third-string shooting guard. Yep. 
Yeah, they all play the same position. They're all like six eight, and they do the yeah. exact same thing. He's six foot. Eight, he's he's literally six foot nine. They have him playing point guard because there's literally nowhere else to put him. <laughs> yep, and he's like the shortest six nine that they have. So it's yeah. like, yeah, we got to stick you somewhere. Uh, okay, Keller, uh, I will take the over in the Phoenix Suns Atlanta Hawks game. Ooh, 226 is a lot of points. I like that, though. Suns, 41-9. and nine. Jesus Christ. The Hawks, I mean, playing uninspired uh, basketball as of recently. But Trey Young, I mean, 27 points this, this season, not almost 10 assists. Hopefully it gets his team back on track. Okay, Kyler, here is the BYB parlay for Thursday night in the NBA. First time ever NBA BYB parlay. We're going Moneyline Clippers, Moneyline Bulls, the over in the Golden State Kings game and the over in the Suns Hawks game. And that comes out to be a whopping plus 1,529. Ooh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So you're saying there's a chance. I like it a lot, Josh. All right, buddy. I love this episode. Great episode. Love to make some money, hypothetically. Yep. We'll be back on. Probably Sunday, Monday, somewhere around there. We're going to have Cole on with us. We're going to uh, preview the Super Bowl. We're going to have um, – hope- Josh, we need to get an NBA guest on. We need to have somebody on may- pre-Super Bowl or after Super Bowl. Uh, probably. At- Dude, I- that's when I get the most into the NBA. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Let's get somebody on next week, talk some football with us, uh, maybe two episodes next week. Uh, and then we're going to dive completely into basketball. Looks like M- the MLB isn't coming back anytime soon. Uh, yeah, so, so we're going to have nothing else to focus on except for NBA and golf. Yeah, this summer we're going to have more more horse tournaments on on ESPN. Uh, but that's fine with well, me. Can, Korean Korean Baseball League. Well, we can bet on those too. <laughs> All right, Calder, great episode, man. I will talk to you later.